I want to tell you a little bit about a lady named Mary Leonard. Mary Leonard in 2010, well, Mary had suffered. She struggled for 11 years with a very rare inflammatory disease that affected her muscles. There was no known cause for this disease. There was no known cure for this disease. And in 2010, in March, doctors told Mary that she had, when the disease had entered her heart, there was nothing they could do for her, and doctors told her that she had somewhere between 24 and 48 hours left to live. And so Mary entered hospice care immediately. 20 days later, Mary left hospice and went into rehab. And shortly after that, Mary went home. And those 24 to 48 hours became 14 months of blessing before she finally succumbed to the disease. Shortly before she died, Mary said, I call myself an average Christian. I don't exactly know why God has done this for me, but I do know that life looks different now. And she said there were five lessons that she had learned uh, as she grasped the brevity of life. She said the first lesson was that you should know that prayer is powerful. That's a wonderful lesson to learn. Prayer is powerful. The second lesson was mend fences now. The third lesson, release the reins of life to God. The fourth lesson she learned was that know that God is able, that He is more than able. And the fifth lesson, put your focus on what really matters. I read those this week, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if it didn't take a deadly diagnosis for some people to learn those lessons and realize the importance of those things? What Mary had to learn in those 14 months was that life has different seasons. And, and just like the fall air that you felt on your way here today, that, that little nip of cold that tells you that winter is coming, it's important for us to understand the seasons that we live in and to understand the movement of those different seasons of life. Last Saturday, my project was to put away my summer clothes. I didn't want to do it but it had become undeniable that it was time to put them away. And so I've got one of those big shrink bags. You know, you put a vacuum hose up to it and it shrinks everything up. And, and I put all of my, you know, island wear <laughs> away. And I put all of my short sleeve shirts and my polos and I put them in there and hooked the vacuum hose up to it and sucked it down to about that, that big when I got done. <clears throat> And I put that on the top shelf, and I broke out the flannel. You know, I, I like breaking out the flannel. I just don't like putting away the other stuff. But it became just unmistakable, undeniable that fall was coming and that winter was coming. And it was important to do that. And it just makes sense. I don't need all those extra things in my closet, you know, taking up space. We do that when we face the different seasons of the year. Why is it so hard to do that when we face the different seasons of life? Why, is it, why do we struggle so much to put away those things in our lives 
that are out of season and to prepare ourselves for the next season and prepare to take up something new. We're going to look at a little scripture there in your Old Testament. It's in, it's in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, just a tiny little book there in the middle of the Old Testament. You're going to find it if you're using those Bibles that we provide for you. It's on page 554. I love Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes means the sayings of the preacher. So of course I love Ecclesiastes. Of course I love the sayings of the preacher. And this text that we're going to look at today, it's one that we read a lot at, well, we hear it a lot at funerals. In fact, I have one very dear person who has already requested, when I die, I want you to use Ecclesiastes 3. And so I've been thinking about that and and looking it over. We love it because it sounds poetic, it sounds sweet. Some of you are old enough that you love it because you remember the song that the birds sang, you know, a long time ago, Turn, 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 written by Bob Dylan, by the way. I'll just throw that out there for you. But it's, there's an important reminder for us here. The reminder here in this scripture is that life isn't static. Life does not remain the same. Life changes. Life has different seasons. And we can cause problems for ourselves and we can cause problems for others when we're not willing to move with the different seasons of life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, Solomon writes, For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, and a time to die. A time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal. A time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh. A time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What gain has the worker from his toil. I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in his toil. This is God's gift to man. It's hard for us to acknowledge those seasons of life. And one of the reasons is because, because of our very nature. And Solomon describes it here. He says that we, we live in this tension between time and eternity. That, that poem there in verses 1 through 8, it's a beautiful poem from Solomon. He starts out, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. And from there he describes the, the reality of our lives. Everything from planting and harvesting to living and dying. But a couple verses later, after that poem, he looks at the reality of our lives. and says, these seasons, this is what, 
comprise life. But what's in our hearts? What, what's really in our hearts? And are our hearts in the seasons? Are we up to the challenge that each season brings? If you look down in verse 11, he says, God has made everything beautiful in its time. We love that part. <clears throat> he goes on and says, also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to the end. We have this desire not to see life in seasons, but to see the whole of life. We have this desire to find out what is the meaning of life? What, what is my purpose? What is it all about? Rather than just looking at what is this season about? What is this struggle I'm going through in this time? What is this about? We want to see the big picture. What is life about? So we don't always stop to appreciate the seasons. And we don't always want to change with the seasons. We don't always prepare for the seasons. And it's, it's frustrating. Because the reality is, we are locked into this time. We are, we are locked into today. And so we have those times in our lives when everything's working out, when everything is perfect. You know, everything is just, just absolutely perfect. We're in love, and our kids aren't nuts yet, and, or maybe our grandkids aren't nuts yet, and, and, you know, everything's perfect, and we love our job, we love our home, we love everything, and we think, man, God must really love me. I'm doing something right. You know, God must just really be blessing me, and, and I love God, and God loves me, and, and everything's perfect. <clears throat> and then we go through other seasons. We go through some dark times, times when we face some really tough stuff. And we see suffering. We see disappointment. We see suffering in ourselves, maybe sickness in ourselves, maybe, maybe sickness in, in those we love. Maybe we lose someone. And the question that we have at that moment is, what did I do wrong? How did, why did I disappoint God? What did I do to disappoint God? What did I do wrong? Why is God making me suffer? Why is God making me go through this? Did I, did I make God mad? Does God hate me? You know, where did he go? Why has he abandoned me and let me go through this alone? Now, my hope for us is that going through those dark times, going through those difficult seasons, that we'll realize that there's more to life than just this. There's more to life than just what we're experiencing in that season. We realize your soul, your soul has been created for eternity. Your soul is about more than just the here and now. And I think about Mary Leonard, and I think about what she learned in those 14 months, and I think about many of you and what you have learned in those worst moments of your life, what the faith that you found in those very, very difficult moments. And it's sad, but the reality is not everyone is like that. There are those who become better, and there are those who become bitter. And I can find people, I can tell you about people who have gone through horrible things, much like many of the things that some of you have gone through, but instead of becoming better, instead of finding more faith, they find more and more bitterness. And I, I wonder, what is the difference? What are they sowing into their lives? People become closed up because of that tension. Some people in that tension, for some people in that tension, eternity breaks in, and a greater reality than just the season of life is seen. That view of eternity... Solomon says God has put eternity in our hearts. It allows us to see the seasons of life 
in their beauty and perfection. And what Solomon shows us here in, in such a poetic way, what he shows us is that there is beauty in doing the right thing at the right time. I want to read the, the little poetic part for you again. I want you to see these different seasons. Look at what he says. He says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Then he goes on in verse 2, there is a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek, also a time to lose. A time to keep, a time to cast away. A time to tear, a time to sow. A time to keep silence, a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. You know, the irony is more often than not, we, we do read those words at funerals. You know, we, we read those words during a, a funeral, and, and it's a reminder for us that there are seasons of death, that there are seasons of mourning, that there are seasons of, of weeping, but I would remind you, it's only a season. It's just a, a season that he's talking about. I don't think Solomon wrote these words for funerals. I don't think Solomon was sitting there one day writing out Ecclesiastes and thought, they'll need something good to read at funerals. So let's, let's write this. You know, I don't think that was his point when he wrote this. I think he wrote it so that no matter what the season of life we were facing today, we would recognize God in that season. Now, there's a couple of things I have to say about these verses. Some of them are going to be obvious. Some of the things I want to say are obvious. One of the things is not all seasons are pleasant, Right? How many of you love the fall? Let me see some hands. Are you loving the fall? Fall is great. You know, Trish and I took a ride the other day. We went out to, we were driving to Terre Haute for lunch, and I said, we're going to take the lower Terre Haute Road because it's pretty this time of year, you know? And so we take the lower Terre Haute, and every time we make a turn and you see the trees in front of us, one of us would go, wow, look at that, you know, and just all the colors and and uh, people are still saying, well, the collars aren't completely there yet. You know, we've still got a few more weeks. I don't know. But anyway, it's beautiful right now. And so we were taking a ride on the Lower Terre Haute Road, looking at all the collars. We love it. You know, it was just absolutely beautiful. Some of the seasons aren't pretty. Like in a few months, couple of months, it's going to be winter. Now, I'm not going to say hate, but how many of you really don't like winter? Is anyone just, all right, we'll say hate, okay? We'll say hate. You, can we skip it? I mean, you know, Viva's going to skip it. Viva's going to Texas, and uh, she's going to skip winter. But for the most of us, we have to be here. We have to put up with winter, and we have to scrape our windows. We have to sweep our walks or scoop our walks. We have to deal with that. We can't just pass up those seasons that we don't like. Some of the seasons on Solomon's list are seasons that, that are painful, seasons that are, that are difficult. And I'm not just talking about a, a time to die or time to kill. It talks about a, a time to tear. I'm going to stop preaching for just a minute, okay? I'm warning you. I'm going to stop preaching, and I'm going to meddle just for a minute, okay? I'm, this is not preaching. This is meddling. I will admit to it. <clears throat> I'm going to meddle just for a little bit. Some of you are going through difficult seasons. 
And a big part of the problem is other people. <laughs> big part of the problem to your difficult seasons is other people. People who drag you down, people who hurt you, dare I say, people who are a bad influence on you. And I want you to hear what Solomon says about the seasons. There is a time to tear. There is a time to refrain from embracing. There is a season to cast away. Now there are people that you don't need in your life, honestly. There are people you don't need, at least for a season. You don't need them there for a season. And and I promise you, if you do what Solomon is telling you here, if you obey the Word of God, if you hear the Word of God in this, you will have people that tell you that you're a bad person for not wanting to be their friend anymore. You'll have people that will tell you that you're a bad person for tearing yourself away from them. They'll tell you you're not a very good Christian because you don't want to be their friends. But the Word of God says there is a time to tear. There is a time to tear. Now, there's nothing easy about that. There's nothing pain-free about that, but it's necessary. And if you notice, without a time to tear, there never comes a time to mend. There never comes a time to embrace if we don't go through that time of refraining from embracing. I'm not done meddling yet. I want to meddle just a little bit more. I just want to bring up a couple other things here. Verse 4. Verse 4 said, there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. And the question has always been in my mind, why are there both weeping and mourning? Why are those two different things? I mean, we, we weep when we're mourning, we mourn when we're weeping. Why isn't, why isn't it the same season? What's different about weeping and mourning? And I, I think I've got something for you here. There are things that happen in your life that you have no control over. There are things that happen that you have no control over, and some of those things bring you grief. Those things are tragic. Those could be the death of a loved one. Those could be disappointments. Those could be just a, a time of, of difficulty with family or with your job, just, just that season of, of difficulty. And when that happens, when those, when those tragic things happen, it's okay to mourn because there is a season of mourning. Now hear me, no one has the right to tell you in those seasons, no one has the right to tell you, get over it. No one has the right to tell you, it's time to move on. It's time to get past this. But you also need to recognize for yourself, there is a season for mourning. And it's just a season. There's also a season for dancing. I have known people who have never given themselves permission to move on. A few years ago, a bunch of us got together, me and a bunch of my friends, we all got together at this restaurant. We had a blast. We made so much noise. We were having so much fun. And it was, it was kind of a nice fall day, kind of like this, you know. And we, just, we had so much fun at this place, and we were laughing and joking and and just, it was so good. And later, a, a friend of mine who had been there, she mentioned to me, she said, you know, that was the first time, that was the first time I had laughed since my son died. 
And her son had died three years earlier. And she said, that was the first time I had laughed since, I, since my son died. And I went home and I felt like I had betrayed him because I was having a good time. Now, do you think her son wanted her to mourn for three years? We have to give ourselves permission to, to find that next season. We have to give ourselves permission to, to move on. That's the season of mourning. What about, what about weeping? How is weeping different, to mourn, different than mourning? There are things that happen to us that we have no control over. We mourn the loss in those moments. There's also things that we do to ourselves or to other people or to God, and we know they're wrong, but we do them anyway because we want to. And those are things that we ought to weep over. We ought to weep over our sin. We ought to weep over our failure. We ought to weep over the things that we do that are wrong, things that may be cause weeping in others. And it's very common for us to just kind of gloss over those things that we've done that are wrong and say, oh, God's already forgotten about it. You know, or, or ah, you know, it, that, yeah, that was just a mistake. I just made a mistake. We, we ought to go through a season of, of weeping. Your sin ought to bring a season of weeping. It's something that we can't rush through. But don't be surprised if those hurtful things that have happened in your life, even hurtful things that you caused, don't be surprised when the season of laughter comes. And don't be surprised when you look back on those stories of those things you did wrong and you say, man, I was such a screw-up. <laughs> I really blew it, and let me tell you what I did. And don't be surprised if the healing that God brings in that brings some laughter. Last Saturday afternoon, we went to the mall. Connor and I had to go for a walk because the ladies were out shopping, and so Connor and I were walking, and we're walking around the mall, and we walked by the Hallmark store. We didn't go into it because I can't take Connor into a Hallmark store. There's breakable things, and that would cause a season of weeping on my part. Um, but we walked by the Hallmark store, and you know what we saw in the Hallmark store last Saturday? Christmas tree. There's a Christmas tree at the Hallmark store. And I saw it, and I just kind of sneered at it. I wasn't happy to see a Christmas tree, because it's not time yet. It's not the season for Christmas trees. Now, in two months... There are going to be two gigantic Christmas trees up here, one on each side. They're going to be lit up, and it's going to be beautiful. And, and for that month that those trees are up, we're going to love it. We're going to appreciate it. We're going to think it's one of those beautiful things that we've seen because it's the proper thing in the proper season. There's seasons we come to in, in the seasons of life. There's seasons that we can't avoid, like there will be a time to mourn. We will go through a season of mourning. And there's other seasons that we want to hold on to, and we can't do that because the seasons have to change. There is a time to plant, but you can't do that all the time. You can't have that as your only season. There is a time to embrace. There is a time to dance. What Solomon is causing us, calling us to do is to recognize that in each of those seasons, there is something beautiful. In each of those seasons, there is something of, of God's beauty. There is God's provision for, his, for each season, and there is his purpose for each season. And because of that, Solomon is able to see what we have to see. 
And that is that there is purpose for us in trusting God's timing. He says in in verses 9 and 10, he says, What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the busyness that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I love that. I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. When I, when I saw that, I thought first thing I thought of was busy toys. Do you have busy toys in your house? You know, little toys that the kids play with that they don't do anything. When I was a kid, I had that, the, that wire. There was a, a, like a coiled wire with a uh, magnetic wheel on it. And you sit there and you do this all day. I wish I had one of those. I, was, I would have brought it in if I did. But you just sit there and, and the, the little wheel goes up and down. And it just stays on there because it's magnetic. And when I was a kid, I could do that for hours. Now, that's a busy toy. And you know what the purpose of a busy toy is? It keeps the kid quiet. It keeps them out of mom's hair. And it doesn't make that much noise. So dad can watch TV or nap. It doesn't bother dad. Some of you have dogs. Do you know what a Kong is? How many of you have it? Does anyone have a Kong? K-O-N-G. They're disgusting, first of all, you dog owners. They're, they're absolutely... It's this hard rubber toy, okay? It's a chew toy, hard rubber chew toy. It's hollow on the inside. And there's a way to pack a Kong. You start off with, I think, peanut butter on one end, and then you put hard dog food, and you put soft dog food, you put some treats in there, and then you seal it all up with peanut butter on the other end, and you, you shove a milk bone in it, and you throw it into the yard. Now, the purpose of a Kong is not to feed your dog, even though it's full of food. The purpose of a Kong is to keep the dog busy, okay? Because the dog will obsess over the Kong. The dog will sit there and chew on that thing and lick that thing until it's just absolutely disgusting. But while the dog is chewing and licking the Kong, he's not digging a hole under the fence, right? And he's not barking and bothering the neighbors while he's doing that either. I really thought about buying a Kong this week. <laughs> but it's a busy toy. So what, is, what does God say? You know, says, Solomon says, I considered the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. And I just get this image of all of us, you know, got that Kong and we're walling. Are we sitting there playing with that toy, just watching it go back and forth all the time? God has given us something just to keep us busy. Stay out of my hair. Stay out of my way. Here, here's something for you to think about. And what is the business that God has given us to keep busy with. It's that desire to grasp His whole plan. It's that desire we have in our hearts to understand eternity. You know, eternity is not just a very long time. It is is the absence of time. It is without limits. It is just this expanse. And, and, And can you wrap your brain around? I can't. But for some reason, God has placed this in our hearts, placed eternity in our hearts so that we want to understand that, but we can't. We can't see beyond this season. We can't see beyond this day. We can't see beyond this moment. So what do we do? How do we hold eternity in our hearts and yet keep the seasons of life in our eyes and keep them right in front of us? How do we bring them together and make that something beautiful that God makes in His time? He says in verse 12, I perceive that there is nothing better for them, for us, than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. There's nothing better for us than to be joyful 
and to do good. It reminds me of what I think has really become a key verse for our church. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance before time. You know, try to grasp that. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has prepared in eternity for our seasons. God has prepared good works for us to do. Well, what seasons are we supposed to do those good works in? Do we just do those good works in the good seasons? Do we just do them in the seasons when, when everything's going right? Or do we do them in, in other seasons as well? Do you remember last week we looked at 2 Timothy chapter 4? And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, Paul tells his friend Timothy, he says, your good work is to preach the Word. That's what Timothy was called to do. He says, your good work is to preach the Word. So preach the Word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do, those good works are to be done now. No matter what season we're in, they're to be done today. So what are we waiting for? You know, sometimes it feels like we're waiting for things to be right. We're waiting for the right time to do the right thing. We're waiting for us to have a little bit more confidence. We're waiting for maybe us to have you know, everything all together, get all of our ducks in a row. God says, do them now, in season and out of season. Do the good things that I've called you to do. Are we waiting for a diagnosis? Are we waiting for a diagnosis like Mary Leonard? That, that can't be our motivation. We can't wait and say, well, that'll be our motivation to do the right thing. I, I, think, when we do, I think when we do those things that we've been called to do, I think when we live that faith out day by day, it builds a perspective on that eternity that we can't really grasp. Mary Leonard said the first thing that she learned was that prayer is powerful, right? The first thing she learned was prayer is powerful. Do you remember how Jesus taught us to pray? In the model prayer, he says, pray like this. He says, pray, your kingdom come, that, you know, eternity, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What is God's will? Be joyful and do good always. God's will is that in season and out of season. God's will is that he, we are His workmanship created for good works in Christ, which God prepared in advance for us to do. His will is that we do good works. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, in time, in the seasons, on earth, in the seasons, as it is in heaven, in eternity, which is in our hearts. Now, I'm not going to pretend to understand how this works. But here's what I believe is for us in this passage. When we fill each day with the good that we're supposed to be doing, when we fill each day with those things that God has called us to do, when we are joyful and doing good, then our seasons take on the likeness of heaven because His will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. And our moments, which perplex us, our moments that trouble us, take on the likeness of eternity which is in our hearts. And suddenly, our hearts aren't frustrated with that tension anymore. And we fully realize we are where God wants us, doing what God wants us to do. Think about the seasons of my life 
when I've come to this table, when I've come for communion. Not just this table, you understand. I'm talking about the table since I've come to Christ. I think about the seasons that I've been to the table. And there have been seasons of mourning when I've come to the table. There have been some seasons that have been difficult. There have also been seasons of dancing. Now, don't hear me that I was dancing in church or anything, because that would be wrong. But (laughs) in my heart, I was dancing. There have been seasons of joy and seasons of dancing. There have been seasons where I've come to the table that have been seasons of tearing. Seasons where encountering Christ at this table, I realized I needed to tear things out of my life. And honestly, completely honestly, there have been times when I've realized I've had to tear certain people out of my life when I've come to the table. But there have also been seasons of mending when we've come to this table. And we've experienced those seasons as well. Do you remember the second lesson that Mary Leonard learned? Mend those fences now. No matter the season, the table is always here. And Jesus promises to meet us here. It's, it's undeniable now, isn't it? Autumn is here. You know, there were a few days early on when you could fool yourself, you know, and maybe even just a week or so ago, you know, things, and, and there's still a little green out there as you're driving around, but I took that picture driving by Mill Creek the other day. I stopped and, and took a picture. It's undeniable. There was a time when, you know, it would warm up and you could put on a short sleeve shirt or you know, Hawaiian shirt if you wanted to, you know, and, and kind of fool yourself into believing, well, you know, we, we might have some more warm days. But it's, it's undeniable now. You can feel it. You wake up and you see it. You smell it. You can't hold it back. Mary Leonard would remind you to release the reins of life to God. And while there are those of us who appreciate the beauty of this season, we also recognize there's sadness with the season too. We also recognize that the days are shorter. You know, I woke up this morning and it was still dark. That, that kind of drives me nuts. I feel like I should still be asleep. And I wake up and it's, it's still dark. The days are shorter and that hits us all differently. We had a tree in our, at our house in Oakland we had a tree that had a disease, and every year around July, the leaves would turn brown and die and start falling off that tree. And uh, it looked horrible. I mean, I, I hated that tree, and there was nothing I could do about it. Now, if that tree had, if the leaves had turned brown in October, it would have been pretty. It would have looked nice, but it did it in July. <laughs> It was out of season. It was wrong that it, that it did those things. God made autumn beautiful for autumn. God made autumn beautiful just for the season. And there is beauty there. And we can embrace that beauty as a gift. I'm not sure what season you find yourself in right now in life. You might be going through a season of mourning. It might be a time to mourn might be a time to dance. It might be a time to weep. It, it might be a time to laugh. But wherever you find yourself, no matter what the season brings, we come to the table and we encounter a God who not only 
gave us those seasons, but who gives us eternity also. And he is able, as Mary Leonard learned. He is more than able. He is able to make all things beautiful in his time. And I want you to hold on to that and to put your focus on what really matters. Let's pray. Father, there are so many seasons in, in life that we've experienced that, where we are thankful for what you've given us. But there are some seasons, Lord, that come that we just hold on and we try desperately to hold on to your presence and hold on to the hope that, that you're going to see us through those seasons. I don't know what season we've brought with us today. I don't know if it's a season of mourning that someone's going through or a season of, of laughter. I don't know if it's a season of tearing or if it's a season to mend. Father, the promise that we have is that as we do good, as we live through those seasons doing the things that you called us to do, that you meet us there, that we can trust in your presence. And thank you for this table. And thank you for the promise that we have to, uh, to meet you here. The promise that no matter what, what's going on in our lives, that week after week, day after day, we can come to this table. We can counter you. Thank you for my brothers and sisters who have brought your presence to this place, who have brought you no matter what season they're going through. And I pray that together we can see each other through the seasons of life. It's in Jesus' name we pray.